raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Seconds. He's going to throw it. Howard leads. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina. Back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back, spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And it's Carter <laughs> with yes, a 54 yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They do it. Jordan back to kick. It's blocked again. Picked up. It'll be a touchdown, Carolina, for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt and scores his second touchdown of the season. It's 14 to 13. Mr. Jordan meet Mr. Walker. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side, Gio at the 35, Gio, he's at the 50, no he's not, yes he is, Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown, are you kidding me? This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com. Hey guys, and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Of course, you guys know last night we were up in Chapel Hill for the open practice. Well, we're back in Charlotte now, but we got a guy that is up in Chapel Hill right now working for Go Heels. Our guy, Pat James, is joining us here today. So, Pat, uh, we ended up wrapping up fall camp. Uh, it's now that that close you know we just said it 11 days away they're going to start preparing for South Carolina and uh so you know I thought I thought last night you know was was interesting uh you know it wasn't you know a practice that was going to show a ton to fans but I thought it was a, a good opportunity for the fans to come out and I mean for for a practice there were there was actually a little bit of a decent showing out there yeah for sure I was actually uh, I didn't really know what to expect in terms of the turnout for uh, the practice last night but I would say that it kind of surpassed my own expectations and I think you know a lot of guys you know like Carl Tucker, Charlie Heck, you know, guys who are in their last year here who have never experienced an open practice like that, you know, they're pretty appreciative of the opportunity to be able to go out there and be in front of everybody, you know, before, you know, this is the home opener here in about two weeks. So, yeah, uh, you know, that was one of the things that Mac Brown really focused on. And, of course, in that home opener, it seems like Sam Howell's probably going to be our starting quarterback, barring just a disastrous game against South Carolina. Um, you know, this was announced on Sunday. And, you know, I think we all kind of saw this coming a little bit just because of the overall talent level of Sam. But, you know, in, in your mind, are you, are you a little bit shocked that it happened this quickly or does this this make a little bit of sense? 
I, I think it makes sense. I mean, honestly, when the coaching staff, I mean, they've repeatedly said since training camp began that, you know, these three guys are so close. And, you know, Mac even said, like, you know, we have said a few weeks of being here that, you know, we have three quarterbacks here who we think can, you know, handle the job anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think that that's really, that's truly the case. I mean, I think the amount of separation is in between Sam and whoever that number two guy is considered to be right now was pretty thin. But I think that they do like, you know, what Sam can do. You know, he is a dual threat option, and I think that that's going to be valuable uh, moving forward, especially, you know, a lot of people have been talking, especially in recent days, just about kind of where the offensive line stands. And I think that just because of, you know, what some of the ups and downs that the offensive line has, has had through camp, as people report on, uh, I think that, you know, kind of the idea of having a more mobile quarterback was something that kind of factored into that decision. And I think, you know, another thing is, is you know, some of the veterans on the team, they've talked about, you know, Sam has started developing into more of a leader in some, you know, and this offense really does need a leader at this point, uh, just more leadership because, you know, there's not a whole lot of local guys out there. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of assert himself a little bit more now he kind of has an idea of the position that he's in. So, yeah, you talked about the offensive line. You know, it seemed like that, you, you know, what you said, there's been some inconsistencies. That was kind of what we saw last night from them in some of the uh, team drills and a couple of the install drills. You know, is is this an area where Toriel fans should be concerned? I mean, it seems like these guys definitely have some talent, but I think it is going to take them a little bit of time to adjust. Am, am I wrong thinking that? I think you're, for the most part, you're correct. It's definitely, it's a very interesting unit because there obviously has been, you know, as people have raised, you know, throughout camp, kind of maybe some, I don't know if concerns is necessarily the right word, but, mm-hmm. you know, they have had their ups and downs with the offensive line. But at the same time, like, you look at some of these guys and, like, this unit could also, like, it feels like it could be the unit that kind of ends up being the difference maker for this team and could end up emerging as one of the best offensive lines in the ACC. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at, I mean, you know, obviously UNC is without William Sweet from a year ago, but, and uh, the center position wasn't as fluid as it is now but a year ago UNC was uh, you know the number five pass blocking team in the country according to Pro Football Focus mm-hmm. uh, that's something that kind of went overlooked a little bit just amid all the struggles of last season but I mean you still have Charlie Heck around who you know his presence is going to be vital for this team Nick Polino you know he's going to be along there you don't necessarily know where he's going to be playing at whether it's going to be center or right guard and then I, I think you know a lot of hype has been coming out of this game about Ed Montillas just how much he's progressed. And then Jordan Tucker at right tackle uh, has also shown signs of being, you know, a really solid option. So just really it's just finding that one link, you know, at the right guard or center spot, depending on where Polino ends up. And uh, if they can sort that out, I just feel like the potential for that unit is quite immense. So the defensive line, I thought last night, you know, you could say, oh, with the offensive line being up and down, maybe that was one of the reasons they shined. But I thought for the most part, they looked really, really good. And we've heard some rave reviews coming out of camp, not only about the guys that are starting like Aaron Crawford and Jason Strobridge, but also about the guys that are going to be rotational guys behind them. Guys like Zach Gill, who I thought looked really good last night, and Jaleel Taylor. So when you look at the depth of this defensive line, is this defense of line unit one that maybe some of the people in the ACC outside of Carolina, you know, the people that cover Carolina don't realize it is really a really good unit. 
I, th- I think it definitely could be. I mean, obviously, I mean, Aaron Crawford and Jason Strowbridge are both, you know, as the coaching staff has said for, you know, quite some time now, both NFL players. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to see, you know, Jason back out there, you know, after, you know, not practicing at all in the spring. And he's looked really good. I mean, he's probably been, it'd be hard to say that put one player on the top of the list, but he's definitely in the top, i say, two or three guys in terms of their overall camp performance this fall. Um, and Aaron Crawford, obviously, he's a proven veteran. Um, and also, I mean, he, he's obviously considered an outside linebacker for the most part, but Tamon Fox has just been amazing as well. So you have three really high-quality players up there who are going to be able to get to the quarterback, you would think. And then, you know, those younger guys who you mentioned, Jaleel Taylor, you know, a lot of hype around him as he's kind of progressed over camp. Mm-hmm. You know, for being a guy who weighs around 318, 320 pounds, they really like just, you know, how well he can move. You know, he's really twitchy. And then Zach Gill, you know, obviously you look, I mean, a lot of length there and he's also a guy who you know he's kind of stood out to me in terms of the way that he's kind of I mean obviously some of these guys that we talked about are experienced guys but even him in that uh on the interior defensive line stuff he's a guy who I've heard being very vocal during practices and stuff which I thought was interesting just considering how young he is yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, we've kind of been looking for those guys to step up behind the starters, especially, you know, with the injury that we saw last year to Aaron Crawford. So that's really encouraging to hear that both of those guys have uh, gotten some off to some great starts here for the 2019 season. We'll see if it carries over onto the field. So at linebacker, there were a couple of guys also last night that I thought looked really good that, you know, should be very encouraging for Tar Heel fans, considering they're probably going to have to play a lot early in the season with Jonathan Smith being off the field for a uh, undisclosed amount of time. And also remember Dominic Ross is out for the first half of the game against South Carolina after being suspended following the altercation that took place against NC State. But Chas Surratt and Eugene Asante last night both looked pretty good, um, especially Surratt, who uh, I noticed at one point had a really good coverage rep against Jake Vargas, the tight end, who was it, it, pretty athletic. Athletic. Um, so it's good to see that, you know, those guys are adjusting. Is this, you know, a common theme for those two guys? Are they really starting to sort of adjust well to this new defensive system? And, you know, for one, what's a new position? And for the other, um, what what's just a whole new situation coming in as a true freshman? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, Chaz has made ridiculous strides just since he moved to the linebacker, you know, during the off season. And, you know, uh, just talking to some of the coaching staff, they're just really pleased just, you know, with how far he's come. Um, definitely, you know, some of the guys are talking about, you know, how in the spring, you know, he was maybe a little bit hesitant just in terms of his decision-making, you know, figuring out, you know, ways to read gaps and things like that. And that's definitely, you know, the way he's improved the most so far through his fall camp. And, you know, you mentioned that play he made the other night, you know, ranging over there far to his left to break up that pass. And also, I just, I feel like he's also shown a lot more physicality, mm-hmm. you know, as he's kind of gotten more and more used to the position. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be any sort of major hit. It really wasn't a major hit, I would call that. But, you know, he made pretty hard contact with Michael Carter at one point during a, some drills last night and it was just kind of surprising to see him do that just from that position um so i think the coaching staff is really pleased with where he's at i'm very intrigued and you mentioned dominique ross being suspended for the first half i think a lot of people keep forgetting about that right. and it's gonna be very interesting to see who ends up taking that spot starting spot at this point i would almost think it probably is going to be Chaz. um and then you mentioned eugene asante you know a true freshman who kind of arrived much later uh 
than most freshmen do in terms of enrolling at UNC. Um, but, you know, since he's gotten here, you know, he had a lot to catch up on. Um, but at the same time, you know, Jay Baven said the other day that he feels that that guy is making, you know, major strides like every single day. And so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. You know, I mean, Tommy Thigpen, when he spoke about Eugene, you know, back in May, you know, he was really excited to see what that guy could do. You know, especially since, you know, he isn't really a natural linebacker, you know, played a lot of running back there in high school and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think the coaching staff is really excited about what he can do. What exactly his role will be this season, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but he'll be interested in the Mar going forward. Same thing with Kadri Jackson. You know, they are kind of moving all over the place, it seems like. So with special teams, we've heard a lot of concerns coming out of fall camp about um, re- really both units, uh, the kicking unit and punting unit. We saw mostly punting last night. Um, yeah, when, when you look... I mean, are, are there guys that are stepping up in these positions? I know Noah Ruggles has, you know, kind of been the name, a kicker, but he's had some inconsistencies. And then Ben Kiernan, I think, is the guy that's probably going to emerge at punter. But, you know, I, at this point, you know, it, there there is reason for Carolina fans to be a little bit cautious heading into Charlotte about those two positions. And it's kind of, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what it's like in a game atmosphere, but I'm not nearly as concerned about those positions as most people seem to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like Ben Kiernan. I've been pretty impressed with him. I mean, he's been checking balls down inside the five, inside the ten pretty consistently, especially considering he's a freshman. And, you know, Mac talked a couple of weeks ago, I mean, height doesn't matter too much at a certain point but you know Mac joked around a couple of weeks ago about how they had to move Ben outside the indoor practice facility because his punts were touching the roof in the facility which is about 85 feet so I mean that's pretty impressive considering that I believe uh, when I looked it up I think that NFL scoreboard uh, has to be for the like a AT&T arena or something like that the minimum is like 75 feet for NFL scoreboard so that's pretty impressive 85 feet I would say um I'm really interested to see how he does once you know, he is in a game atmosphere. Uh, Mac had talked about how, you know, at the first scrimmage, which was his first practice at Keenan Stadium, that Ben kind of showed a little bit of jitters and stuff. They performed pretty well in that scrimmage. Um, and then uh, kickoff, uh, well, field goal kicking, uh, no ruggles, yes. Uh, definitely some inconsistency here and there, but I think overall uh, – trying to say the right words here uh he has been uh, pretty solid um you know max said you know he's not 100 percent, which you need to be at that position mm-hmm. but at the same time i mean just from the number of practices that i've been to i can count on one hand the number of times i've seen no abyss just then you know the for the win situations that mac has uh, been stressing mm-hmm. so i'm really i'm interested to see how he also performs once he gets to a game day obviously you know he hasn't had a whole lot of experience kind of in that situation himself, even though he's been around for a little bit. And then on kickoff, I think the kickoff is going to be actually could be one of the strengths of the special teams, just considering that, you know, Michael Rubino uh, was among one of the top, I think, 25 guys kick uh, in uh, terms of touchback percentage at Appalachian State. And he's kind of shown that like so far, you know, kicking it, you know, seven yards deep at least into the end zone pretty consistently. So, the biggest thing that has really been an issue, especially late in the Larry Fedora era, really the past two years, has been health. How healthy is this team right now as we get ready to prepare for South Carolina? I think they're very healthy. I mean, surprisingly healthy in a sense, especially considering you know what you just mentioned, just the number of injuries that have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to 
to remember. I, I mean, it might have been 2016, honestly. It might have been the last time that this team came out of camp, you know, without any significant injury news kind of hanging over the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as of right now, I mean, there doesn't seem to be anything to worry about. I mean, you know, a few guys here and there, you know, Mac talked about the other day, have kind of been had to, uh, been pulled out of practice and stuff because of hamstrings, stuff like that, but nothing major, which I think is a great, you know, boost for this team's mindset, you know, as they're kind of heading into the season. But, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, when a guy goes down, as an Aaron Crawford did, you know, last season before the year started, I mean, that really took a toll on that team before the year even started. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if this team does stay healthy, you know, over this next week and a half, if that kind of keeps spirits high, you know, as they're kind of heading into the season. Yeah, it's especially important to stay healthy on the defensive side of the football where the depth isn't quite as strong as you'd like it to be. Well, Pat, um, thanks for stopping by with us, man. I know you're going to be in Charlotte, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you out there. You do a great job over there at Go Heels covering the Tar Heels. And uh, tell everyone where they can follow you so they can make sure they keep up with everything on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. You can just uh, follow me on at PatJames24. All right. Hey, Pat, thanks so much, man. Uh, Take care. We're only 11 days away, so it's almost here. We're back into uh, our our favorite time of the year. I know, uh, you know, me and you, we we both love covering the Tar Heels this time of year, so it should be very, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to believe that it's almost here, but ready for it to get going. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. All right, Pat. We'll talk to you down the line, buddy, okay? Uh, Sounds good. All right. So that is Pat James of GoHeels.com. You guys can check out everything that him and Lee Pace and a few of the other guys that they have over there at GoHeels, they do a fantastic job covering the Tar Heels. Of course, they are the guys that really are the closest to the team. They're the guys that get to go in. They got their uh, camera guys that go in and take photos during training camp. So they get the most exclusive access. Um, So great stuff there from Pat. Um, And yeah, guys, we are that close. 11 days away. Of course, uh, for the Heel Tough blog, we have our pregame show that we'll be doing out at Moo and Brew in Charlotte. Um, that's uh, just about 10 minutes away from the stadium, 1300 Central Avenue, located in the Plaza Midwood area. It starts at 11 o'clock, goes to about 1 o'clock. We're going to have some former Tar Heels out there, Ryan Houston, um, Na Brown, the former wide receiver, Errol Hood, as well as Gerard James, the former center. All those guys are going to come out there and join us. So we hope that you guys can come out there and join us or tune into the live stream on our Facebook page. That'll be the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page. Um, I believe it's www.facebook.com slash Heel Tough Blog. That'll get you there as well. Uh, make sure that you head to the Heel Tough Blog website. We got our position previews coming out. Defensive line, we've kind of been um, dragging here a little bit on that, mainly because of some stuff that I've had um, with my job that I have. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get everything sorted out and uh, get those out to you. But the defensive line should be out. Um, either later tonight or uh, early tomorrow morning. We're going to try to get that out to you guys. So some great stuff there that you guys can read up on. Again, with the defensive line and, and with the linebackers, kind of take it with a grain of salt because, again, we're we're taking a guess on some of these guys about where they're going to be playing exclusively this year because there's been a lot of guys moving around throughout the season. Um, same a, a little bit in the defensive backfield, but I think it's a little more solid, especially with us finding out the news that Trey Moore 
Morrison is going to pretty much exclusively play that outside corner spot this year. Looks like DeAndre Hollins is going to move into that nickelback spot. Um, unless Cameron Kelly can get eligible, then that could become an interesting battle there. But um, keep an eye out for those. And then, of course, once we get in season, we'll have our previews. We're going to do that for South Carolina. And then we will have um, also, you know, this year we'll have the recaps like we normally do, but we'll also have the trench reports, which will be coming out. Josh Marlowe, um, who uh, usually co-hosts most of the main podcasts, um, he's going to be uh, doing those for us during the season. So that'll be great. We'll be doing the podcast weekly for you guys, um, reviewing the game from the previous week and then turning and previewing the game for the next week. So want to thank Pat James for stopping by. And of course, want to thank you guys. As, and as always, remember, go Tar Heels. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.